1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that truly hopes you find someone to love, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host Aaron Dyser, and he doesn't have a short fuse. You just don't know when you lit it. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. What's on your mind, Andrew Ormsby?
2: Me and my Lex Luthor-looking mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. I think it's the first time I've ever seen you with a, a clean-shaven face in the history of our friendship.
2: I know that spans what we've known each other eight nine years now mm-hmm. Something yeah like that? yeah about yeah. yeah that's a long time to have facial hair <laughs> and not knowing what a man's chin looks like uh well i yeah. guess you knew it with my chin i had the mustache when we first met but
1: that's true that's true yeah just not the naked face the naked yeah, face exactly um, yeah, momentous momentous part uh, of our relationship <laughs> you have shown me your naked face um, yeah so it is it is one of those uh, one of those things man you get used to what somebody looks like one way and then yeah. you know this is this is the privilege of watching the show as it broadcasts live you get to see what our beautiful faces look like and uh, now you get to see what Andrew's full beautiful face looks like at least for this week uh, by yeah. next week it'll probably be uh, be growing out again uh, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, it's coming back. The beard is. But yeah. uh, no, it's a lost cause up top.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I'm excited today. Uh, we've got a, a couple movies to review, of course. And, uh, and then a best ever challenge about Jamie Lee Curtis. And, of course, some buried treasure as well. Um, but lots yeah. to get to. So let's get into it. Uh, let's start with our review of Hollywood Ends. <laughs> <laughs> for a year. Hollywood ends <clears throat> for did I say did I say Hollywood yeah yeah that was a little Freudian slip there
2: well no honestly I thought I was like this is the end of Hollywood Just yeah, so, yeah exactly I thought that's really what you were saying like okay Aaron you don't have to give away what you thought of the movie so quickly <laughs> so quickly it's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace
1: I was certain that I saw him Four years after the events of Halloween in 2018, Lori has decided to liberate herself from fear and rage and embrace life. But when a young man is accused of killing a boy he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that will force Lori to finally confront the evil she can't control once and for all. Um, it is probably one of the worst movies we've ever seen. Uh, the previous Halloween movie. Um no. <laughs> <laughs> right don't you think Halloween what was it Halloween kills was terrible it was it was just a terrible movie yeah it was a terrible movie all around so I guess my question Andrew is where do you land on this one do you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay
2: <clears throat> I didn't hate it as much as Halloween kills but I still hated it it's uh,
1: yeah. it's varying degrees it's, of hate
2: it's, it's, we we, we we say this every single time, but we, we uh, it's always good to preface for possibly new listeners. Mm-hmm. We hate this franchise, and we hate horror films.
1: Well, I would I think it's a little more nuanced than that. I don't know that I hate this entire franchise. Um, I've only recently kind of dug into the the whole franchise, um, <clears throat> but. I think it's at least safe to say that we are not fans of this type of horror film. Like this is, you know. The slasher. Yeah, the the slasher kind of thing is not necessarily our game to begin with. Uh, Add to that, um, you know, poor movie making or whatever. And then it just becomes a uh, a process of trying not to uh, sound like we're judging anybody who likes a movie that we clearly don't like. Um yeah. I also I'm,
2: want to let you know where our headspace is. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh my headspace is also in the uh hated it camp. Um yeah. I I don't know that I can see the varying degrees of these final two in this trilogy. I think the first one in this trilogy is better than both of these two, but these two just yeah. to to me just seem like I just watch them and I go, What are you thinking? Like how did you like I don't even understand how this appeals to somebody who likes this series like I I just I I have such a hard time finding my way into what what it would be like to enjoy this movie and the only thing I can find is if you enjoy gruesome kills right like that's that's the only thing I I I end up coming to is just to be like okay if you're in it for the oh my goodness I can't believe I just saw that happen you know that kind of thing um Then maybe that's maybe that's it or a deep, deep love of the character, like of the Michael Myers character. But even if that's you, this movie isn't necessarily for you. Like, this, this so like, it's just such a weird, weird choice that this movie is making. Um, I struggle to find good things to say. Andrew, do you have any good thing to say about Halloween ends other than it ends?
2: Uh. Uh, I actually do. I think that Jamie Lee Curtis gives a pretty good performance. One that keeps you on your toes as to where her story will uh, end. You know, like Mm -hmm. uh, not only, you know, physically, like you're, I don't know about you, but going into something, I wonder if she's going to die with Mm -hmm. Michael or if, you know, Michael will even die. Um,
1: Or what if Michael wins? What if Michael kills Jamie? And that's how Halloween ends, you know, like, yeah. Um but, or, or Laurie, I should say. But yeah. Yeah, Lori, yeah. Uh,
2: but Laurie uh I, I wanna I, I liked how I felt Jamie Lee Curtis was saying goodbye to the character. Like it, mm-hmm. she um the character herself was uh trying to find some semblance of peace that, you know, she could have had before this franchise began, the character's, you know, normal life. Is right. it possible for a character like her to have a normal life. Right. If not, it's uh, where, where will it lead? Um, And this is probably uh, the best I have seen to what Michael represents to her. You know, I think that he, I think to and by that, I mean, Michael has always been, you know, a, a monster, you know, but what does he represent to her? I think that this is the first film, maybe since, you know, the first one that's kind of, uh, you know, struggled with this, like this metaphorical walking, you know, darkness that can reside in people. And what does that mean for her? So, yeah, kudos to the movie for, you know, finally trying to tackle that. It only took them 44 years. (laughs) So, yeah. But as far as prose, that's all I got.
1: Yeah, I don't know that I can even join you on that stuff. I thought the metaphorical stuff was all on the surface and forced, and the, the movie's trying to do something, I think, with the idea of <clears throat> how evil is um, you know, something that we almost bring on people sometimes through our own prejudice and expectations. Um, there seems to be an overarching theme with, where this movie seems to want to center its attention on the idea of how evil comes even to those who, uh, you know, weren't born with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um,
2: it's a very poorly made <clears throat> Joker movie,
1: yeah, sure, yes, exactly. It is that Joker feel, yeah, exactly. Um, so so I, I thought all that was was right there on the surface. Didn't really give me a chance to to really think deeply about anything, or really feel deeply about anything. So it's hard to join you there. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is Jamie Lee Curtis. She's great. I I I love her. I even think she suffers in this movie a few times mm. uh, just from not having um, the proper amount of character work and character care done in both, I think the script phase and the directing. And I think it, it, it harms her performance a little bit. And I don't blame her necessarily for that. I just think there are a couple moments where I'm like, oof, um, for everybody in this movie, everybody in this movie has at least one scene where I'm like, ah, I'm so sorry you had to, you know, have this in your acting repertoire. (laughs) it's It's just so terrible. Um, so because characters in this movie and, and forgive me, but I'm, I'm already headlong into negatives cause it's pretty much all I have.
2: No, go for it. Um, yeah, cause I'm done talking pros.
1: <laughs> characters in this movie are, are just pieces of a, a story map. They are not active yeah. participants in their own decisions and in the own, their own things that they are doing. Um, Literally one of the major moments of the movie, and I won't spoil it here, but involves one of the characters just completely doing a uh, a 180, and uh, we are never given a reason. We aren't shown any of the process of this character making a, a different decision. It's just like uh, they've, they were one person, and then something happened, and now they're another person, and they're back. And it's just like, well, but why what how help me feel something help me think about something um it takes its its villain and sidelines its villain and in a really weird way so that when we do get stuff from michael myers it feels like who cares you know
2: it's a tertiary (laughs)
1: yeah it's very very strange it's it, it is a ridiculous film, and in, in none of the good ways, uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Other thoughts hey, from you, none Andrew? of the
2: good ways that I think the horror fan, fans would appreciate. Yeah. Like, not just us. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, the film spends so much time trying to build up the story of this new character that it forgets it's supposed to be wrapping up this 45-year franchise. <laughs> like... Right. Why are you introducing this new character and making him the primary focus <clears throat> of the story? He is not why we are here yeah uh it's it's so baffling I think what the movie's trying to say is uh is this darkness uh in- uh, uh infectious you know mm-hmm. and uh that's not the that's not what your movie should be tackling now you're te- you're you've had so many movies and granted you've said not all of them are canon i'll i'll go with that but you've had so prolifically long of a story that that this is not the time to be you know tackling these issues they should have been dealt with long beforehand and now should be the resolution of you know many character story arcs mm-hmm. and it's not it it, I think it. I think he was like, "Yeah, we could wrap up wrap up the story arcs, but it's still a slasher movie, so we got to have some, some quote unquote cool death scenes that you know." I but think they they had nothing, and they made <clears throat> me feel nothing.
1: I think it stems. I could be completely wrong. This is all guesswork on my part. I you could heard, be
2: completely right.
1: Could be as well. Could be as well. It does happen occasionally. My guess is that what we're seeing in this movie is an attempt. To have a satisfying resolution to the Michael Myers saga, as well as introduce a possible new saga, uh, a possible new uh, lane that these movies can go through. I think it's, unless I'm misremembering, I think it's very possible that we have just shifted the possible villain of the franchise Um, you know, there's, it's just, I I don't know. I, it's just, it's frustrating to me. It's frustrating to me. I don't want to spoil too much. I just, Yeah.
2: I just, I I think it started
1: with, it started with a business decision in my opinion and then trying to go, okay, how do we make this movie that does both of these things? Yeah. So, yeah, 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 it was
2: definitely one of those things where, uh, you can definitely see that money was. Behind this decision making, and not the, uh, mm-hmm. not the uh, the art, quote unquote. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. Uh, I I mean, there was iconography that they tried to establish. There was, you know, you could just really feel the movie laboring to say, you know, yes, Halloween is ending, but is it? You know, um, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's unfortunate.
2: Yeah. Again, I was there were too many scenes in this movie where. I as an audience member was was screaming at the at the t v like mm-hmm. don't be stupid stupid and they were they were stupid stupids mm-hmm. and
1: uh, <laughs> yeah yeah Uh, anything else? Uh, Andrew, like I know we don't want to, we don't like to labor on movies we hate. Um, you know, unless we're, unless we're really passionate and I don't feel passionate about this one enough to be like, you know, really dig into it. Um, because I don't think it's, as bad as it is, I don't think it's one of those movies that is um, missing the mark in a way that, that is uh, obnoxious or painful. I think it just misses the mark in a way that just misses the mark. Um, yeah. So, for me.
2: The movie has no heart. Michael, cut it out.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah. yeah, there's no post-credit scene. No. It truly ends.
1: Yeah, yeah. Halloween ends, uh, and so does this review. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I guess I would end it by saying this, if you like the Halloween franchise and you're going to watch every Halloween movie, obviously you're going to watch this. I would be yeah. curious to know who it is that loves this movie. Um, and why? Like what, like what about, because I, it's hard for me even to see like horror fans or um, fans of the franchise loving this movie. Um, and uh, I'd be curious if there's someone who, really, really enjoy something like this and what that reason is. But, um, but yeah, I can't find it. I can't find it. So we will move on. Uh, that is Halloween ends. It is by the way, both in theaters and on Peacock, um, available on Peacock to stream. Um, so if you already have Peacock, you don't have to spend money on it. There you go. All right. Let's, uh, let's head into our next review. Uh, this is on Apple TV plus let's talk about the greatest beer run ever.
2: I'm Chickie Donahue, and I am not supposed to be in Vietnam.
0: Hey, get your ass out of bed, you lazy bum. Look at you,
1: sleeping your life away. Look at these scumbags. Hey, you're embarrassing yourself, and you're embarrassing
0: your family.
2: Do these protesters not know that our soldiers see that on TV? I'd like to go over to Vietnam, track down all the boys in the neighborhood, and give them a beer.
0: I could do that. Do what? Bring in beer. He's not serious. He's hammered. Look at him. The man's stone sober. That's his fifth beer, maybe tops.
1: I'm going to Vietnam, and I'm bringing him beer. Yeah. Chicky wants to support his friends fighting in Vietnam, so he does something wild—personally bring them American beer. What starts as a well-meaning journey quickly changes Chicky's life and perspective. Uh, this is based on a true story. Zach um, yeah. Zac Efron playing Chicky. Uh, you've got Russell Crowe in here as a reporter. Bill Murray shows up for <clears throat> a chicken sandwich. Uh, yeah, he's picking as, up his lunch money for uh, as uh, the colonel, who's a bartender. Um, so yeah, it's a, a it's a Vietnam War story, but a different kind of one than you've probably seen before. What did you think, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
2: Oh, Aaron, how the pendulum of film review swings this week because uh-huh. I I. Th- Think I'm gonna go with I love this one.
1: Loved it, very very nice. Low,
2: low side, of loved it, but yeah, I can definitely say I
1: love it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm straight in the middle of liked it. Um, I, I I really enjoyed this this movie. Uh, it definitely has some negatives that we will get to eventually, but Andrew, as you have tiptoed into the loved it tulips, uh, what did you? What are some of the things you loved about it?
2: I loved the fact that from the get go, like you, this movie establishes the type of friendship all these guys have you know mm-hmm. and i think it does a really good job because you need that in a movie like this where it's going to be uh, an american tale i guess where you have a guy going to not save his friends mm-hmm. that's there's, there's so many stories and here's another thing it would be difficult to believe if this was a like if this wasn't a true story that this Mm -hmm. would be something somebody would come up with (laughs) as like a movie. But the fact that this really happened is insane. And I think I heard about this story like back whenever I was uh, working Mm -hmm. at the hospital, I think somebody told me like they were, they were reading this, this biography and I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's weird. And they're like, no, this really happened. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's so unbelievable that that, is something that really happened. But I loved, I love this dynamic that he has. There's a lot of heart in this movie of, you know, he's not going to save them, but he's going to let these guys know that they haven't been forgotten.
1: Right. That they're appreciated. Um Yeah. yeah so just the, you know, the, the basic plot as mentioned is he's, he's going to take a beer to all his friends in Vietnam. And uh just that idea is so audacious. And the fact that, you know, <clears throat> he tries to do it and what happens as he, you know, is trying to get to each of his friends in the war allows it to be even more than just kind of this uh, silly story. It becomes even more of a journey into his understanding of war and politics and different things like that. And he becomes kind of a stand in for the country in many ways uh, through Vietnam and kind of the the way the country shifted from, you know, uh, the idea that this war was you know, just and needed to like, what are we what are we actually doing here? Like, what's going on? Why are you lying to us? Like all those things. And he, his character kind of goes through that journey in this movie, I think, in a pretty authentic and powerful way. I I, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Um, so it's uh, there are some scenes in this. Some of my favorite scenes. Are the scenes where his uh, casualness about his friend's going to war is confronted with the reality of war? Uh, there's a scene where he hides from somebody. I, and that's
2: exactly what I was thinking of.
1: It may be the best scene in the movie for me. I just because there's just a real like awakening moment uh, yeah. for him that I think is is. I, it's one of those things where anytime I start to think about war, or I start to think about the military or those kind of things. I am very quick to remind myself that no matter what side I fall on, and I think if, I've, I've said on this podcast many times, I'm a pacifist. And and so, you know, you can extrapolate that to my views on, on many different things, but um, it it is one of those things where I remind myself, if I don't sit in somebody's foxhole, if I don't, walk in somebody's boots um it really is not something for me to completely understand and that is that is important for me uh that that humility of being able to say yes i have opinions on things but my opinions and the way i handle things uh are based on um conjecture in many ways because i haven't lived something and that the people who have lived it uh are the best to tell you the story of what those things mean. Um, and that goes for many, many areas, not just soldiers at war. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, I thought that point came through really well and I really enjoyed that about this movie. It's one of my favorite things about the movie.
2: Very good. Totally agree. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I like Zach Efron, Zach Ephron in this one. I think that he does a really good job. Uh, he, it, it's very subtle, but I love the, f- the idea of, uh, this is how somebody in the late 60s, early 70s, he kind of has that old-timey way about him in this movie, like the mm-hmm. way he carries himself, the way he talks. By the way, um, one of my cons, I'll just throw this out there right now. Yeah. Uh, Boston is not New York. Everybody in this movie <laughs> has a thick Boston accent, but they're supposed to be from New York. It's.
1: it's I, I, I got the. I, I was weirded out by that, actually. I was trying to figure that out. Um because I knew they were in New York, but it was very clearly a crew of Boston people. So I just didn't know if they were all like tra- Boston transplants or what the deal yeah, was. It, it, it was very strange. Maybe I missed something. Maybe they, maybe they did come from Boston, but they were in Jersey. I don't know. i will have
2: to check. But it was it was not a New York accent, <clears throat> and that is coming from somebody who has only seen New York from Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was at Niagara Falls and I'm like, hey, look over there, that's New York, and I'm like, okay, so there we go. But um, <clears throat> the set pieces, like the actual design, like going from you know New York to Saigon to uh, uh, Landing Zone Z or whatever I forget what it was called, but oh. like, there's this range of beautiful scenery that we're getting in this movie. I think it's a very beautifully shot movie. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically the scene where that we were just talking about where he's hiding and then he's going back and forth between uh, the foxholes and stuff, the way that that's panned. It's a very beautifully shot movie. It, yeah. It, it, it captures, you know, the it does a good enough job of capturing the terrors of war, but there's still, even through this entire movie, that firm grasp on wholesomeness mm-hmm. it it still feels like a beautiful movie even when you're seeing terrible things because you realize that, okay, yeah, this is horrible, but it's leading to this character's growth and this character's understanding of what this is like. I truly, truly love this movie it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's probably top 10 of the year. <clears throat>
1: um, I will comment a little bit on the performances. Um, I think Russell Crowe Crow was probably my favorite performance. I'm really kind of liking this stage of his career and kind of some of the stuff he's choosing to do. Um, I really thought the uh, the journalist aspect of this was handled really well. Um, I uh, Zach, Zach's performance... Was good, it did take me out of it a couple of times, um, but I couldn't tell if it was just because I know that's not how Zach Efron talks and it was weird to me, or um, <laughs> but I didn't fall completely into his performance. Um, okay. The Bill Murray thing was interesting, I, I he was th- th- that accent didn't f- the sit well on him for me, um, and so I was yeah. having a hard time with that. Um, But overall, uh, yeah, I think the performances did what they needed to do to bring me along uh, the story. So that's all you can really ask. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, He has so many people in his life with varying degrees of opinions on the war, uh, from his parents to his sister to his friends to Bill Murray. Well, I guess Bill Murray's his friend. But I don't think it's uh, – and I love the fact that he – was able to struggle with all of their opinions on the war. He wasn't, I don't think he was always firmly pro war. He was pro uh, soldiers. And I think that he came to understand that maybe what they're fighting for isn't, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. all that it's been glorified to be. (laughs) Cause it says in the movie, you know, he was in the military, but he never served. Right. And, uh, and I love that aspect of the movie, too, of him having an understanding of the military, but not what a war is like. And uh, yeah. I think that really f- uh, feeds into his, uh, what would you call his, uh, his total misunderstanding of what it's like. Mm-hmm. But he's going in with this preconceived notion. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that that adds to his wholesomeness. Because whenever he's like, say, oh, yeah, I'm a tourist. And he he really, like, keeps using that over and over again. And he's like, he, he never technically lies. He just omits the truth.
1: <laughs> well, that that brings me to one of my other things I loved about this movie is it's funny. And Peter Fairley, uh directed mm-hmm. this. And, of course, you know the Fairley brothers from, you know, some comedies. Um, you can tell he's got a good sense of humor and he understands what he's doing. That uh, CIA stuff is some of the funniest stuff in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um and and I I really enjoy it. I will say that leads me into one of my cons, okay. which is that when this movie deals with the serious stuff, sometimes it's so close to the whoa, funny look at what's going on kind of stuff. You know that it's that it's a little bit off putting, and maybe that's intentional. And I'm not going to take a ton of points off it. Like I said, I really like this movie. But there is one scene in particular uh, where – I guess there are a couple, actually. There are a couple scenes where it's like, oh, like really like life, death, serious stuff. Yeah. And it's sandwiched in this more lighthearted tale of a guy bringing beer to his buddies in a way that is is a bit distracting for me. Um, it almost works, and maybe it works for others, but there were times where I was like – Getting a little whiplash here. Getting a little whiplash.
2: Understandable, yep. <laughs> totally understandable. Because I have those those feelings uh, too. Like there's a, I would just say there's a scene with a centipede. You know, mm-hmm. which that part in itself is kind of funny, but mm-hmm. the scene is so tense and mm-hmm. like terrifying. And right. then there's another scene later in Saigon, mm-hmm. and that whole sequence was really uh, just heartbreaking and uh, eye-opening for both the character and the viewers Mm -hmm. Um, that it, it does make you forget what the movie is about. But again, I'm going to go back to, I think this movie is the premise of it. If, if it wasn't based on a true story would be so ridiculous, nobody could buy into it. Mm -hmm. So I think it is difficult to have to constantly remind yourself this happened. So I can feel these emotions that it's trying to uh, convey and they can feel genuine because it's supposed to be genuine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it really is this uh, beautiful journey of a guy who's like, hey, my buddies are doing a job and I'm going to go get them a beer, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. And that turning into, oh, they're not doing a job. They are in hell, you know, like and, yeah. and just really like that change of understanding of, yeah, you want to go give your buddies a beer because you want them to know they haven't been forgotten and they're appreciated, but the beer ain't going to do it. Um, You know, it's, and what would do it? And is there an answer? And like, yeah, it's, I I really like that the movie was willing to go there and explore those things. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. um, I think that if he hadn't uh, played it off and I mean, the actual cheeky person mm-hmm. if that's it represented in this movie. If he hadn't, you know, like the scene we're talking about where he's hiding, you know, mm-hmm. if he would have, you know, played that differently, it could have been a very emotional moment with the same action, you know, mm-hmm. of him giving yeah. his friend a beer. But if it was more genuine and heartfelt as opposed to uh surprise, buddy, like mm-hmm. I'm here to make you smile Right, I think it could have meant a lot more, but I don't think, he, again, to the movie's benefit. In my mind, it's he—he he just didn't know what he was getting himself into. Yeah, and yeah, yeah.
1: there you Mix go. For a the, compelling movie. Yeah, that's the greatest beer run ever. Um, any final thoughts, Andrew? No post-credits scene. No post credit scene on this one. Um, I just uh, can't believe I'm. I'm you know not a beer drinker, but I can't believe that beer would would be good uh warm and sloshed and but it's American you know, beer.
0: <laughs>
2: some paps blue uh,
1: I recommend it check it out if you have Apple TV plus especially throw it on I think seeing- I think you're you're going to um, have a good time so that is the greatest beer run ever on Apple TV plus before we head into the best ever challenge, a thank you to our siF pop members. you are amazing we love you. Um, We are going through House of the Dragon right now on our bonus show uh, for our SIFT POP members. If you're interested uh, in that, we talked about episode eight uh, this week, and we'll continue to talk about that as the season finishes out. Uh, There are, of course, other things we talk about, other bonuses, other fun stuff you can check out at patreon.com slash SIFT POP. Underneath it all is this amazing generosity from uh, those who listen to the podcast watch the video go to the website to say hey I like what's going on in the world of sift pop and uh, I want to send three dollars a month your way that's amazing I know it doesn't seem like a lot but it means the world to us so thank you for doing that that's at patreon.com slash
0: siftpop
1: Uh, all right. Let's move into the best ever challenge. We're doing best ever Jamie Lee Curtis movies. Yeah. Um, we will go from number five to number one. And if you have it higher, you're always free to Trump. Yes, exactly. Just like that. Uh, all right. So Andrew kicks off. What is your number five? Jamie Lee Curtis movie.
2: <laughs> My number five, Jamie Lee Curtis movie is a movie. She isn't even credited in
1: <laughs> really. Uh,
2: escape from new york
1: yeah yeah i had that in my honorable mentions
2: uh, i guess i should say this before <clears throat> before i get into this review jamie lee curtis is the scream queen she's mm-hmm. in a lot of scream queen movies that's yeah. not my cup of tea right so i will say that i've kind of had to stretch you know to to pick movies of hers that i actually really liked mm. nice so if uh if you don't, if you don't want to uh, count Escape from New York, I get it.
1: No, 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 count it. I added my honorable mentions. It's it's legit. Oh, okay. She was in that movie.
2: Yeah, she's a narrator at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I love this movie. It's so much fun. It's I it, it's this is the type of John Carpenter movie that I think is a lot more accessible for mm-hmm. people. This and uh, uh, They Live, uh, you know, they're. They're movies that have, you know, a little bit of light to them. It's not like The Thing, where it's the most terrifying sure. movie you've ever sure. seen in your entire life. Yeah. But no, I think Snake Plissken is a really interesting character uh, turning New York into a, a Manhattan into a prison. And the president crash lands as Air Force One. And you have to send in a, a, a snake. You know, his name isn't. Called Snake Plissken, you know, just because it's a cool name. It actually means something. You're sending a snake into the snake den and uh, to do the. It's a really fun movie. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Uh,
1: yeah. Isaac Hayes is the Duke. He's great. Nice. Uh, yeah, like I said, I had an honorable mention. Uh, it's a fun watch. Something uh, you might want to check out if you haven't seen it.
2: Yeah, your number uh, five.
1: My number five is True Lies. Tramp! Uh, Tramp! Uh all right, we'll talk about it later. Uh all right, what is your number 4, Andrew?
2: I'm going to go with the fish called Wanda.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, we're just going to go back and forth, my friend.
1: Yeah, we are. So, uh my number 4 is The Original Halloween 1978. Um, oh nice. Uh yeah, earlier in the show you said something about hating this franchise. I think it's a little extreme for me. I think this the original movie is actually a good film. Like Carpenter does some really interesting stuff in that movie that we forget now because so much of it has become retread and genre bait and all those kind of things. Um, But there is a menace to that original movie that uh, is not just simply about the violence. It is about this idea of evil always stalking. And you can see why that triggered uh, such a... Um and uh, a genre, you know, I was going to say a franchise, but a genre, you know, really kind of triggered really an entire uh, genre because it's it's really well done. So, um, shout out the original 1978 Halloween. If you haven't seen it, um, it's almost it, it has gotten to that point where it's not just required horror viewing; it's required film viewing. It is, you know, one of the yeah the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Halloween 1978 is my number four.
2: Oh, yeah. This is definitely a movie that you would expect to see in a film class. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, what is your number three? Three. Yeah. Yep. This is where I have true lies. Nice. What a fun movie. This is just such a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's peak Arnold. It's, it's, you know, it's him and Tom Arnold. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnold it's, it's and Arnold. Such. Arnold and Arnold. Uh, Yeah. uh, James Cameron. This is probably his most that I can think of lighthearted and goofy movie. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, No, it's, it's great. Uh, It's, it's an amazing villain. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, the chemistry between Arnold and Jamie Lee Curtis is just Pontiac perfection. And uh, you got to love the Bill Paxton character in this as well. Mm -hmm. He's, That whole side quest that Arnold has to go on with him is just so great. It's 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 I think the closest that I can think of that James Cameron has come to making a comedy. I don't even would you count this as a comedy?
1: It's certainly comedic. Um I would count it more as I like if we're playing genre math, I would count it more as action, but it is definitely comedic. Um so yeah, this is a fun movie. It's just fun. I had it at number it five. Is. It's just fun. It's, um, there. You know, uh, it certainly bears some of the weight of the time it was made, but it is it is absolutely a blast to watch uh, from start to finish. So, um so yeah, True Lies. Somebody in the chat, Polly, uh, uh, recently heard a debate: Is True Lies a parody or not? I don't think so. I think a parody kind of goes that next step of you know, winking at the camera. And I don't think True Lies winks at the camera. I think it winks at the audience. And I know that sounds very similar, but there's a difference there. Um, You know, I think True Lies understands what it's doing to the audience and it is purposefully uh, playing that in big ways. But it never gets to the point where it's like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, see, you know, what we're making fun of here. It's just like we're being the, uh, the... apex version of this kind of movie. Um, So, yeah. uh, It's a lot of fun. July is a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Good pick. Uh,
1: All right, so that was your three and my five. And now we're going to go with my three and your four. I had a fish called Wanda at number three. Um, Very good. This is also a really fun movie. This is a comedy. uh, And uh, as you can see, a couple members of Python in there as well as uh, one of I think the most underrated comedic actors ever, um, which would be Kevin Klein. Uh, I think he is so funny, and he is so funny in this. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is really funny in this as well. This is a great comedy um, one. I would again, I think, bear some of the weight of the time it was made, but it is uh, a lot of fun to watch. So yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, Kevin Klein uh, got an Oscar nomination for this. Movie, he
1: did. Sure. Yes, he did. I guess at that or point did he win. I think he won. At that point, yeah, it would have been won. at that point it would have been difficult to sell the idea that he is one of the most underrated comedic actors because at that point he was properly rated. Uh, but he has come to be underrated, in my opinion. Yeah, um, totally agree. So, yeah,
2: absolutely adore this movie. It is like, even though it has you know members of Monty Python, it does feel. Like an American Monty mm-hmm. Python movie. I think that Kevin Klein, you know, and Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, they understood that type of comedy and it works mm-hmm. with these guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Great, great movie. There you go. Uh, your number. I think we're on to your, your number two.
1: I think we're on to your number two.
2: My number two? Yep. Well, my number two is your number one. It's Knives Out.
1: So. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll go. I'll do that. Sure. Uh, and then we'll see if my number two is your number one. Uh, my number yeah. two is Everything Everywhere All at Once.
2: Yep, hit the button.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah. swapped them. Uh, who do we want to talk about? I think technically we should talk about yours first then, right? Um, okay. So your, you had Everything Everywhere All at Once at number one. I had it at number two. Uh, nice. Talk about this movie, fairly recent.
2: Uh, yeah, it's still my number one movie of the year. It is in my top 100 movies of all time. I just w- rewatched it it uh, last week or the week before, and I am just to this day blown away by how unbelievably unique this movie is mm-hmm. to tackle so many different, you know, uh, sub subjects like mm-hmm. family, uh, relationships within the family, and it does it with so much respect, even though this is a movie... Where people fight with butt plug trophies, mm-hmm, right. and uh, and try and swing dogs like a like a you know a mace. Mm-hmm. It's it's but everything is done. It yeah. I, I this movie shouldn't work, and it's one of the greatest <laughs> movies I've ever seen.
1: I think that's fair. Yeah, it does. It feels like such a big swing that you're like, well, certainly. Certainly, you're not going to make contact with this big of a swing. You're swinging way too hard. Yeah. You're basically closing your eyes and you know swinging hard. There's no way you're going to hit it. And the movie hits it. It hits it out in yeah. the park. Um, yeah. So, And when you make contact with this big of a swing, it's going to go far. And yeah. uh, this uh, – sorry to stretch the baseball metaphor so thin, but it is – it is really, really good, and um, I need to revisit it. I probably will revisit it here very, very soon in detail and uh, and take a, a deeper look because I just remember being floored not just by how visually stunning it was, but how how meaningful it was, and the things it had to say about what love is, and uh, you know, e- each of the journeys into the different realities here says something new about our relationship to each other. And it's just, it's really astonishing stuff. So yeah. um, well done. Yeah.
2: Michelle Yeoh is brilliant. So is Q Kwan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis for that matter. And Jamie
2: Lee Curtis is good too. Uh, all right.
1: Definitely. We'll talk about uh, my number one, which is your number two. And that yes. is Knives Out, uh, which I guess maybe in hindsight, they will title Knives Out, a Knives Out mystery. I don't know. Um <laughs> Sorry do you, for, mind, do you mind
2: going uh, really quick? What do you think of that title?
1: I hate it. Uh, it should, should just be Glass it? Onion. It should just yeah. be Glass Onion. People are smart enough to get it. I, it's, that is a marketer's decision. I, I hate it. Even, even if it had been a Benoit Blanc mystery, I would have been a little bit better but glass onion is not a knives out mystery knives out was a completely different story like it's yeah. it is simply the people in and i i tweeted this when they were talking about making a new one if you put knives out anywhere in your title you have failed period end of sentence that is a marketing decision that is not a story decision that is not trusting your audience to get it uh rant over um we can move on to talking about how amazing so this even movie if they
2: is. called it knives out 2 you wouldn't like it
1: Oh, that would be the worst. That's the worst possible uh, scenario, in my opinion. Um, but I I just Glass Onion. Glass Onion. That's the name of the movie. Knives Out, Glass Onion, whatever the next Benoit Blanc is, you know, it'll be called that. Um, anyhow, uh, let's talk about how amazing this movie is. It is an intricate, mur- intricate murder mystery, uh, which in and of itself is not always easy to do. But this movie pulls it off. Performances are stunning. Every player is a fully drawn uh, character in the mystery, has their own possible motives, their own interconnections to the other characters. Um, love the Benoit Blanc character. It is that perfect, aw shucks, foghorn, leghorn kind of, you know. <laughs> uh,
0: it's so
1: ridiculous. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, Add to that, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, twist of a murder. And, um, you know, just the actual resolution is really interesting and fascinating. Um, so, yeah, I love, love, love Knives Out um, and uh, and enjoy it on multiple levels. I mean, it's also a beautiful exploration of, you know, uh, white privilege and, you know, the idea of wealth and how that impacts the way we see the world. Um, so, yeah I uh, I adore this movie
2: as you should it is brilliant and it's unfortunate that glass onion will not be good. Wh- why? Well because Ryan Johnson makes one good movie every other movie.
1: Oh so. I see what you're doing here I we're, we're gonna break yeah. that cycle just for you Andrew that cycle will break.
2: As much as I love uh, Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc uh, in this movie, easily for me, Marta is the she stole the movie for me. Sure, The character is just so pure to the point where if she lies, she throws up, which mm-hmm. again is something so ridiculous. But these people make it work. I think this is the best Clue movie mm-hmm. ever made. Yeah, yeah,
1: I would not argue with that. Would not argue with that. Uh, there you go. There's our best ever Jimmy Lee Curtis movies. Uh, I had a couple of honorable mentions just to throw out there. Um, I would say My Girl is worth mentioning. Um, and uh, Trading Places uh, is also one if you haven't seen, you should see really funny. Stuff. You mean Freaky so Friday? I do like Freaky Friday. I probably should have put that. Oh, in there yeah, as she well. was in Trading Places. Yeah, she was in Trading Places yeah. as well. Um, All right, let's move on to our buried treasure. What is that thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about, Andrew?
2: I have a feeling that you and I have the same buried treasure. So I brought a backup just in case.
1: Not a chance. There's not a a chance you have the same buried treasure that I do.
2: Is yours a Netflix show? No. Oh, okay. Well, I did not expect that. I'm going to go with the mole.
1: Oh, I love the mole. I haven't watched the new season. There's just so much TV to watch. Uh, did you oh, enjoy Aaron. it? Did you enjoy the new season?
2: Uh, they there's two episodes left. Uh, they're doing uh, kind of what they do in the circle, you know, where they stagger the last right. three episodes. Right. Yeah.
1: Um.
2: Yeah. It's it's good, Aaron. You are going to love it. Great. I mean, Great. Absolutely I will get around to it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. It was. It's interesting because you know, with the first iteration of the mole. After that first season, it's like, yeah, you can't do that again. So mm. so it, it's interesting to see how they've taken the concept of the mole, somebody who's working against the group. Yeah. And it's so well done in this because I, I, from the first episode, I'm sticking with who I think is the mole. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick with it throughout the whole thing. But I'll tell you, it's interesting to see the different types of players that are in this show because Mm -hmm. it's not uh, just people who are are playing and then the mole there are, there's the mole and then there's people who are playing to win the money. Mm -hmm. And then there's people who are playing to win the game. Mm -hmm. And that's very interesting because people are realizing it's beneficial for people to think I'm the mole. And if you, if you're more interested in winning the game and not how much money goes into the pot then you can play the game totally different if you just want the title of i won the i won the mole Mm -hmm. and yeah you are gonna i i would be so interested once uh whenever you watch it to if you were to let me know who you think is the mole moving Mm -hmm. forward so
1: yeah, I just have not gotten around to it yet. This show uh, holds a special place in my heart. I really loved the first season of The Mole back back in the day when it yeah. when it came out, which was right around when reality t- television broke. Like it's right around that Survivor, Big Brother era, uh, Amazing yeah. Race uh, when those started. And yeah, two thousand
2: one. Uh, <clears throat>
1: And uh, an unknown uh, Anderson Cooper was the host uh, of season one and did a did a fine job. Maybe even season two, but then it went into like celebrity, the mole, and I just it kind of lost its way. Then they did a revival, and I think I've talked about before. I actually was almost cast on that revival. I made it to the final uh, cast cuts uh, on uh, the mole casting uh, for the the revival that happened back like 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, something like that. Yeah. And then it just kind of disappeared. And then I heard Netflix was bringing it back and I was like, Oh, I'm curious. Uh, So I've had such a weird relationship with the show that it's just kind of one of those things. I know I'll get around to it uh, eventually, but I love the concept. I think the concept is really, really fun. Um, So, Oh yeah. So yeah, Yeah, I will check it out for sure.
2: I I truly think that knowing how you felt about the first season and how I felt about the first season, Back in the day, I think you're going to be really happy with the way they've handled
1: this. Good. That makes me happy. I hope it kind of refines some of that life. Because when they did the celebrity versions, they completely lost what made the show good. Yeah. Um, no, I so. think
2: that this, this show not only understands, but it executes it very well.
1: Yeah. And uh, you? You? My Buried Treasure is on Amazon Prime. It is a show uh, called Open Ra- or Outer Range. Uh, Outer not Range. Open Range, Outer Range. Uh, have you watched this, Andrew?
2: Uh, just the pilot.
1: Just the first episode. Yeah. So, Outer Range is the story of uh, uh, the Abbott family. Josh Brolin uh, is kind of our main character here. And he, uh, I guess, I don't think it's much of a spoiler because it's right there at the beginning. It's probably in the promotional material, but he finds a big hole. Uh, In his property and or is aware of a big hole in his property and the exploration of the mystery of this hole and what it is and what it means. Is it science fiction? Is it, you know, uh, outer space is all that kind of stuff is not only compelling to me, but also interesting to me how quickly the show answers questions, which I was not expecting so many questions answered in the first season. Um, but it really goes to some places. Some of them I figured out, some of them I did not, but it's a real thinker of a show where it's like, wow, what is going on here? Uh, Imogen Poots uh, is incredible in this, as a character named Autumn. Um, Lewis Pullman um, is uh, one of the Abbott boys. Uh, I love Lewis Pullman, I've enjoyed his stuff um, ever since um oh the name the the bad times bad times at the el royale um, he was so good in that movie so good in that movie a, um the bell so, hop. Mm-hmm. and he's
2: great in uh he's great in top gun maverick too
1: correct and will Patton, who we saw in you know establishing a i don't know what kind of relationship with laurie strode and uh, halloween uh is also in this um and uh, it's just it's a lot of fun uh, to kind of think about what is going on here, and the performances are good. Uh, the first season goes to some interesting places. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. And so I finally got around to watching the first season of Outer Range, and uh, it is a it is a big recommend from me. Well, so, good.
2: Yeah. Like I said, I've only seen the pilot. What are there eight or eight or so episodes?
1: I don't remember. That's I mean I know it's in that range, eight to ten. Okay. Um, huh, in that range. See, see what happens there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's actually I think you're right. I think it is eight. Um, and so it's it's not a it's not a long watch, but I think it's a, a valuable one. It's worth it. So
2: it's Josh Brolin. That's why I watched the pilot. But is again we talked about I don't know if we talked about this in the show proper or not. But uh, just being so overwhelmed with the amount of television that's out there right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm playing some catch-up right now and enjoying it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah.
2: I haven't even seen this new season of Rick and Morty yet. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy.
1: Uh, that is Outer Range on Amazon Prime. And The Mole uh, makes its return on Netflix. Are they just calling it – are they saying it's, it's season just, yeah, four? Mole, it's just it's, The Mole. Yeah. So interesting. I wonder if it's a different – technically a different show or if it's if it's – sorted with the others.
2: Um I mean it's it's the fingerprint is the logo again, mm. so I'm pretty sure it's the same. Okay. There you go. the old one.
1: Well congratulations. We did a podcast, Andrew. Woo. Um we are uh we figured out who the mole was and we kicked him off this week. So it's just uh Andrew and I. Um Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the uh, Studio DNA Podcast Network. If you want to know more about other shows on the network, go to studiodna.media or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with me again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Uh, and much love and gratitude to our SIFPOP members for giving monthly yes. to uh, make SIFPOP a real thing. Support starts at $3 a month. And, yeah, some fun bonus stuff for you there at patreon.com SIFPOP. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can email us at feedback at if you'd like to send an email. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than trusting your crush in the Halloween franchise uh we will be back in, yeah. you <laughs> you we will be back next week with black adam i think as uh, well as another uh, film to review so we will see you then